If you've been feeling depleted lately as a parent and feel like you are past the level of exhaustion, then today's episode is for you. We're talking about burnout, both in life and as a parent. This is episode 23 of the Curious Neuron Podcast. Welcome to the Curious Neuron Podcast, parenting advice that is backed by science. My name is Cindy Hovenden and I'm the founder and your host. I have a doctor degree in neuroscience and I'm a mom of three. My goal is to bring you information from research that will help you parent your child. Whether you just had a baby or you have a teenager, Curious Neuron is here to answer your questions. Learn with us by visiting our website at CuriousNeuron.com. Join us on Instagram or Facebook. Join our courses, our live webinars, or our weekly family meetings on Monday nights. Send in your comments or questions at info at CuriousNeuron.com. Hi, welcome back to another episode. This week we had a time change here and we felt a huge difference in our level of fatigue. I don't know if you experienced the same thing. It wasn't my kids this time. Usually, you know, their sleeping is off, so sometimes the behavior could be off, but they were fine. Their sleeping was not even affected. Um, but I noticed a huge change or a difference in my own fatigue and my own emotions and behavior this week. So it was kind of weird. Maybe it was like a, an inverse kind of thing because of the pandemic. <laughs> But yeah, it was kind of a weird week and an exhausting one. In addition to that, we reached the one-year mark for the pandemic. And that's why I wanted to release this episode, because it's been a long time. And we've all been in situations that have been very stressful. And that's one of the precursors to burnout, is when you are in a very stressful situation for a long period of time. Burnout has mostly been studied in a working environment and only recently, I think it was around 2007, that we started seeing studies come out on parenting burnout, which, I mean, come on, <laughs> they should have done this a long time ago. However, there were like one or two that popped up, I think, in the late 80s. But regardless, it's really in its infancy when it comes to research. So it's only when I started looking this topic up in the research articles that I, I realized that there wasn't much about parental burnout. I wanted to cover this topic because perhaps you're feeling some of the symptoms of parental burnout and you're not even sure what they are. So I'm interviewing a psychologist and I hope that you can get the information that you need regarding um, burnout and that perhaps if you need to, you'll seek the help of a specialist. Or on the other hand, there might be little changes that you can make in your everyday life that hopefully can help you out. That can hopefully help you out. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Kristen. She's a psychologist with 20 years of experience working with children and their families. She's the psychologist behind the Instagram account called The Therapist Parent and is the author of the book called The Dream Director, which helps children learn how to work through their nightmares. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. I'll see you on the other side. So my guest today is Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hi. You are um, a psychologist and an author, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But before we begin, can you just talk to us a little bit about your work and the, you know, the type of work that you do with children? 
Yeah, okay. So I've done a few things over the years. So I've always uh, worked with children and families. So I've worked in private practice. Um, I've worked in um, government organisations. At the moment, I'm working LinkedIn with a health and school early intervention program for children mm-hmm. uh, from kinder to year two. So that's a mental health early intervention program social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have some, do some private work where I uh, do the testing for autism diagnosing. So a whole lot of things, but generally I'm, I've always worked with kids and families. And can you talk to me a little bit about the, the book that you'll be uh, launching very soon? Yeah, so my book is a children's picture book. So uh, it's called The Dream Director. So it's the focus of the book is to help children and parents uh, when kids have nightmares. So it's a technique I've used for a very long time to uh, help children change the end of their dreams. So instead of trying to tell them to stop thinking about it or to think of something else, it actually, they change the dream that they're having. So, um, and they change it into something that's fun and, and then they have some more control and they feel empowered over their sleep. I really love that. You know, I think it's easy as a parent to say, like, there's no monster. Nothing happened. You're fine. Go it's back to bed. But we don't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we, we should have another conversation about that, <laughs> about dreams. That's a nightmare. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so today we're chatting about uh, burnout because I reached out to you because I think this is a topic that more parents are, are, are speaking about, but also that we are experiencing or might not even realize that we're, we're experiencing um, yeah. as, as adults. So, um, you know, especially now with the pandemic, we're, we're overloaded in terms of being parents. You know, we have, you know, work and, and children at home and we're balancing everything full time. It's almost as if in one day, you know, you have your 48 hours of work in one day right. and it, it's a lot. Um, so I, I think the goal of my chat with you today is is not only to help parents understand what would the signs be of burnout, but also what can we do to try to prevent it, how, minimize something or work or a mindset, whatever we're, we're going to end up chatting about. But I, I think I want to okay. give parents some hope. <laughs> so before we all, I always like to bring it back to a level that we all understand. So what is burnout? Well, burnout, I think burnout is something that can sneak up on you a bit because it's not coping with an intense stress or something that's happened. It's it's long-term, constant stress. So that pretty much sums up last year and what's still happening this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, it's, it's what we've experienced with, you know, lockdown and having isolation and children always there (laughs) so it's just it's um it's an exhaustion that that comes from Mm. just constant stress where there's no break so the signs of of burnout are like um exhaustion and lack of motivation um your tolerance has changed so you can be a bit snappy with people and things that wouldn't you know drive you crazy before start to really go under your skin (laughs) Um, your productivity so that means you know things that you would have put more effort in now you just sort of don't care the bare minimum will do Um, and another sign can be like reduced compassion so it doesn't mean that you're not a compassionate person it doesn't mean that you don't care it just means that you've got nothing left to give so Mm. you know I your child might have a meltdown or they may even hurt themselves and you're like you're doing the right things you're giving them the hug but there's nothing really there 
you know, you don't feel it like you did before. That's such an important point. And when I was reading about burnout, to me, reading all everything until the compassion, I was like, we all have this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. And then once I saw the compassion part, I'm like, okay, this is the the factor where, you know, if you're a parent listening right now and you've noticed a change in how you respond to other people around you in terms of their emotion and, and like the compassion, then that's a very clear sign because I feel like everything else, all parents are going to say, yep, that's exactly what I, I'm experiencing right now. Uh, yeah. I don't think there'd be yeah. many parents that weren't experiencing at some level mm. over the last 12 months. Like it's just been yeah. crazy and constant and, yeah. you know, you're just, just overwhelming. Um, I think it's probably important yeah. to, to realize there's, there's a couple of different types of burnout too. So there's just general burnout. Uh, most of the research around that is around work burnout, but but there is sort of a mm-hmm. general just overwhelming, had enough, everything is difficult. And there's also parental burnout. <laughs> so parental burnout is more related to your exhaustion um, and your emo- uh, emotional distancing from is, is more related to parenting. So it's these so to your children. Yeah. So these parents yeah. might feel fine at work and be productive and feel motivated and have all of that at work. But when it comes to parenting, they've just had enough, you know, and that's, that's, yeah. that can be a, a really difficult thing for parents to experience. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of guilt that can come around that. As well. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Cause especially if you're enjoying work yeah. and then you come home and you're not enjoying being home. Yeah. Um, but I, I think probably we've had a, a bit of both <laughs> in the last 12 months because we haven't had a break from kids as well, which we normally would have. So yeah. even parents who usually go coping okay may have a bit of parental burnout as well. If someone just heard all the symptoms and says, you know what, that's me, I never even thought about this before, mm-hmm. what, what would be the next steps for them? How is this diagnosed? To be diagnosed... <laughs> If for most people they can probably pick up the symptoms from us just saying it, you know. Oh, hang on, yeah, that's that's me. And look, to be perfectly honest, yeah. by the end of last year, I was feeling it too. And the and the tr- thing that helped me realize it was Christmas. So I normally love Christmas. Oh. I love putting. I just didn't want to do Christmas last year. Mm. I didn't want to put the Christmas mm. tree up. I couldn't wait to get it all out of the way and be yeah and that's just not me at all so when I realized that I went oh yeah. okay maybe maybe I need to do something here so, so I think for most <laughs> of us it's it's just recognizing okay no I'm not feeling myself I'm, I'm there's an exhaustion that is not just like a sleep you know it's just that exhaustion yeah. that I hard to find yourself motivated to do anything But I think we also, you need to be careful that a lot of the symptoms of burnout are very similar to depression. How do we know? Depression usually um, will have more of uh, feelings of a lack of self-worth and low self-esteem and having those negative thoughts about yourself. Whereas burnout's not necessarily Mm -hmm. down on yourself. You just had enough (laughs) and you haven't got anything left to give. Depression has all of that and feeling horrible mm. about yourself as well. So, but, so if, if you have that, then you really do need to go see a professional. And, and you know, there are tests and things for diagnosis, but nothing can beat a proper you know, clinical interview with yeah, a exactly. professional that can help you 
can somebody have both burnout and depression? Um, I, I maybe, but I think probably it's more. It may have started as depression and then not treated. At, I mean, started as burnout, okay. not treated, and then turned yeah. into depression. Oh, yes. um, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I think it can go down that line, but I, I, the, the symptoms are too similar. It's probably started okay. burnout, then to depression. Yeah. If I'm treated. And so you mentioned um, that let's say you you've seen the symptoms. Can you do something yourself, changes in your own life to make a difference? Or is this something that you need treatment or you need medication for? Just like you, it would be for depression. I think for the most part, we if we can recognize it in ourselves early enough, um, just that things are not going well, it's a matter of stepping back and going, okay, what what can I do? Where is my self-care at? And um, yes. you, know, you know, people, as soon as you say self-care, they think, oh, I don't have time to go in get a massage or yes. pedicure. <laughs> we can't even go yes, now anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. well, I can't leave my house yeah. right now. What kind of self-care? Yeah. Although I did get my kids to give me a pedicure the other day. <laughs> self-care is the basics. You know, are you eating well? Are you sleeping? Mm. Uh, are you um, getting some exercise? Now, I know it's hard. You can't maybe not go to the gym and things like that, but there are things that you can do I mean really COVID has made us very adaptable in you know there's online yes exercise I can go for a walk get out in nature but it, yeah. it, these are basic things that our bodies need and we need to look after ourselves but, but we also need to check in and go okay so what what is not going well where what boundaries have been crossed where do I need to say okay no you know and it, and it could be things like um, since a lot of us have been working from home, we've been doing emails at all times of the day. So maybe it's saying from this time to this time, there's no emailing. Um, have a break mm. from social media. or have a break from screens. Um, and, you know, fitting in some relaxation or some gratitude or things like that to help mm. as well. Um, I, I, if we go back and sort of try and refocus with, why we're doing what we're doing. Because what happens with burnout is that we've got so many things on at once, it's just completely overwhelming and it's so constant. And we lose sight of what the goal was. So, I mean, with COVID, yeah, we're in lockdown and it just seems horrible, but there's a reason for it. We're trying to keep safe. We're trying to keep everyone else safe. Or if it's like parental burnout, then, I mean, our, our ultimate goal is to develop emotionally healthy children. So. When we can step back and go, okay, all right, I'm doing this for a reason. Like things will be okay. I just need to <laughs> step back. And I, I think it's important to mention also that these changes might not necessarily happen overnight. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of work. Let's say if if I'm seeing the symptoms in myself and I'm, I'm hearing you speak, I might say, well, how do I make time if I'm home all day with three kids? I can't do this or I can't do that. But I, I've learned in the past couple of months as well that once we break it down into really small steps, you know, and like you said, self-care is eating properly. So start with something that you know you could do. I've been posting on my social media, my breakfast, which is like more fruit and just taking that extra time to cut more yeah. fruit in that moment. I'm grateful that, okay, this is for me. And just that makes a huge difference in my, in my morning, maybe not my day, but my morning, then you, then you have to do something yeah, else later. Yeah. And, and look, I, yeah, me, I'm the same. Like I, um, try and get up before everyone else in the house and I either go for a run mm. or, or do something outside 
um, for me, that is my sanity. That is my time in the morning. I have no one else. Everyone else is still asleep. Um, <laughs> so I can't be interrupted. And that's my thing. But it, that may not be someone else's thing. They, you know, everybody's yeah. different. Um, and some people, I'm not a morning person generally, but um, I've changed to, to make this work. But, but some people really aren't morning people. So they might take some time at night that do something for themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's really, you've just got to be creative, find out what you need and find a way to do it. And stop mm-hmm. trying to do everything for everyone else. It's okay to make those changes for yourself. <laughs> not just okay but i would even say important they need you to be okay your family your children and we all know that the days that we're not okay that we're feeling more stressed or tired we yell more we we lose control of our own emotions we're not patient we're annoyed by everything everything is too loud or stop touching me or get away (laughs) (laughs) and you know and and you see the difference also in the days that you feel rested or not just rested but that you feel that you took care of yourself. You just feel different in the way that you approach things. Definitely. Mm. I I had posted something about just drinking water. (laughs) And somebody commented and it it really opened my eyes because I said, you know, it's important that you just remember to drink water a couple times a day and that's for yourself. And somebody said, you know how small that gesture is, but then we do forget like as parents or even stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads, just forgetting to drink, <laughs> yeah, especially if you're home all day with yeah. your kids, going to the bathroom could be a luxury. So drinking water. <laughs> so something as simple too as, as putting on a timer somewhere, I think somebody suggested. And just whenever the timer goes off, I actually added an app in the new year. That was my like, not resolution, but my goal is to do little things for myself. And it changes everything because you know that moment is is for you and you mentioned boundaries i think boundaries are very important too and we need to step back as parents and especially now being home and create boundaries are do you have any recommend or do you have any guidelines for parents who might not have done that before and and haven't set boundaries for themselves in their house do you mean with the the children in their yeah exactly so if you're home all day i i think it's it's okay for us to say the next yeah. five minutes or ten minutes, depending on how old your children are, mommy or daddy, we're gonna, I'm going to read right now, or I need to step back because it's loud. You know, I think yeah, we yeah, need to absolutely. normalize that and not have guilt. Yeah. No, and and I think it's really important that we do that because we're also modeling for our children that it's okay to have boundaries and that it's okay to say yes, no, I need to stop here and I can't do this bit at the moment, or you know, and to say okay, no, everything's too loud for me at the moment. I just need a break, so I'm going to go out here for this amount of time and. Mm. I mean, it's the same with, you know, having other routines with kids bedtime. Okay, after this, it's bedtime. And then it's mum and dad time or whatever. You need to let us have our time as well. So, yeah. Yeah. You do need to make that clear to kids, though. You can't just expect that they know that you need that. You have to let them know. (laughs) How could, let's say a parent says, well, you know, I've told my child, I now mommy's going to read and they just don't care. They don't listen. How can we as a parent are there any steps to to creating boundaries with their children or is it just repeating that will work uh, look it depends on the age of the child as well because sometimes our expectations are going to be too high if you say that to a two-year-old they're not going to no why do you need to read like, yeah. haven't you read yeah. this like you read one page come yeah. on <laughs> 
or it's snack time for the hundredth yeah. time and then the, and we have yeah. one snack but i mean for, yeah. for kids that are a bit older uh, get them involved you know you're okay do you like time by yourself do you like time to read do you enjoy that you, you know mom mm. likes that too so what could we do so i get some time and you get some time how should we work it should we read mm. your story and then mom has her story her, her reading time as well so have them involved in that conversation and setting the boundaries so they understand why we're doing it. Otherwise, it's just you're saying yeah. you're doing this thing. I don't know why you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess also maybe having some sort of visual or schedule that made a difference in our home. We started that recently and the kids have a little um clothespin you know a little laundry pin or whatever that they attach to a paper and they bring it down to the next activity now it's reading time and then they bring it down and now it's lunch time maybe that way they know okay quiet time Mm. is coming up next and that's when mom or daddy reads or that's when we read too yeah to help them out yeah yeah and what would be the consequences of maybe ignoring or not even realizing that you're in a burnout Um, because i'm assuming that would change the environment in the house and how you're responding to a lot with your children yeah, it's a bit of a downward spiral, actually, because what happens mm. is that you, like we talked about, that your tolerances get lower, so you might be snappier and more uh, aggressive in a way. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not mm. saying people are, are violent and aggressive uh, necessarily, but in how we speak, we we just, you know, snap that little bit more. Um, we also yeah. might want to just distance ourselves from our kids so that we're looking after us feel like we're looking after ourselves and really not mm. um and in doing that what you're doing is you you're damaging that relationship with your child and the thing is that when you that that connection is broken your child is going to do behaviors to try and reconnect and that often are behaviors that you don't particularly like to get you involved so that then causes the parent to get angrier and, and, and it look it will just spiral on and it can cause resentment towards your child. And look, in extreme cases, the researchers sort of said that it can, it can lead to abuse and neglect. But even like I've, I've talked to plenty of parents who um, don't smack their kids, but when you get to that point, they're doing things that you thought you never would do and end up smacking your child and, and feeling like, terrible about it but because you've got yourself to that point where you've nothing left to give and absolutely exhausted you end up last resort sort of behaviors you end up with i guess the rage right this kind of internal anger yeah 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 because you you have nothing left (laughs) in you you know you're in that that survival mode and Mm -hmm. yeah and I think something that I, I really enjoyed from one of your posts on, on Instagram was this this really nice illustration of a bucket um, filling up. Can you explain that visual? And, and I think it's really important for parents to have this visual in their mind. And maybe I'll post that. Your your I'll post it on the the the, the link to this podcast so they can see what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that one that I put on Instagram, I actually have always done that with children. Another business, um, but I adapted that one for parents because I think it's just something that's important for all of us to realize. And so, it, it's a picture of a bucket, and basically, we need to keep our bucket full. So that's your self-esteem, that's your feeling of self-worth, that's care of yourself. So uh, I've written things that might fill your bucket. So it might be, you know, noticing what you do well. It might be 
those basic self-care, exercise, sleeping, all of those things. Might be doing something new and mastering a new skill, um, helping people, all of those things, things that make you feel good and are caring for yourself, fill your bucket. The problem is that sometimes we get holes in our bucket. So it's important to recognise what your holes are. Yeah. So things that, that leak out through your bucket. So it's being around negative people. It's um, having mm. your own negative thinking about yourself. It's doing too much where you're giving to everybody else all the time and you're not restoring yourself. Um, it's worrying about what other people think or just worry in general. So after we've sort of worked out what fills your bucket, what takes away from your bucket, you've got to work out, well, how can you mend your bucket? So how can you plug the holes? So mm. is it, if it's being, um, if one of the things with being around negative people, well, how can you distance yourself from, from being around those people or give yourself some strategies mm. when you are, you have to be there. Um, mm. Is it doing something creative? Um, is it gratitude? Is it um, it's just spending some time doing something that you're passionate about and that you feel mm. good? And I think it's important to realise too, some people feel restored when they're around lots of people and being very social and some people feel restored uh, when they're alone. And sometimes you feel both. That's so, <laughs> yeah. so, um, so any of those things can be what can make you mend your bucket anyway. <laughs> You know, you mentioned being around other people, and I think part of the many reasons why this pandemic is hard is many of us, you know, might have been in a lockdown for a mm. long time. We here in, in Montreal, we were in a lockdown, and we also had a curfew. We weren't we weren't allowed to leave our house by 8 p.m. Not even walk outside. So even if you have like a friend that you would meet to go for a walk, you can't do that anymore. And you know. I'm, I'm thinking of parents listening to this and they might say like, I know I need to sleep. I know I need to see people. But it, they just feel lost because you're stuck in this, like you said, this sort of cycle or this downward spiral of yelling at your kids all day and, and, and you know, not knowing, feeling that there's nothing you could do. Is there is there a sort of maybe an aspect of mindset that plays into this feeling like you think that there's no way out of it? You know, like you might say, well, I can't change any of this. I'm tired at night. I can't exercise. I'm too tired. I can't wake up in the morning because I was up with a baby all night and feeling like there's just no way out yeah. of it. Look, I think that's going back to what you were saying before and realizing that you're not going to do it all at once and maybe work out some yeah. things that you can do and set yourself some goals and do one thing at a time and work on what you can control. So you can't control going out um, at, at night, but you could zoom in with your friend and do you know some yeah, sort of exercise class online or um <laughs> have a drink with your friend over online or you know there are things that you can can control yeah. and that you can do mm. so you've got to be a little bit creative i think and and whatever it was that it was you were passionate about or that made you feel restored before it was meeting a need so it's matter it's it's looking at what that need was and how can you meet that need another way so you might not be able to mm. do it the same way, but you can still get there. So I don't know, people that are really creative might have been going to classes or art classes or things. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't do that, but but you can do a lot of stuff online or yeah. you can find another way to be creative. Creative can be yeah. a huge array of things. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's really taking the time to sit there. And, and I think that visual of the bucket 
it really helps if you draw it out and you sh- you become aware of what are your holes in your bucket what you know and, and what fills that bucket because then maybe even put it on your fridge but remember and remind yourself every day that this is what i need in order to feel like that joy and that happiness um, and take care of myself uh, every day you mentioned gratitude as well and you know i i think that like you said there are some things that we can have control over and th- what we think and, and mindfulness and gratitude is something that we can work on. What is gratitude and, and how, how can a parent work on that? Yeah, so, I mean, gratitude doesn't have to be, you know, happy with how life is at the moment. There's always something that you can be <laughs> grateful for, though. So, I mean, it could be you're in a really difficult time of your life, but you can be grateful that you've grown through it or that you've got the strength to have come as far as you have or you've learned new skills from it um, I think sometimes you can, if you've got nothing else to be grateful for there's always grateful that I'm alive I'm grateful that you know I can walk I can do you know just really there is always something to be grateful for and when we are grateful when we do adopt that gratitude mindset it changes the way that we we're feeling and it changes the way we're thinking and it it stops you from that just overwhelmed with how horrible it is <laughs> and how exhausting <laughs> it is. It helps you to say, yeah. okay, so it's not all bad. There are some good mm-hmm. things there. And sometimes it's harder than others to be grateful, but there usually is something. So, I mean, it could even just be thinking about a memory that you have that you're really grateful for. It can be great. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah um, it can be grateful for uh, strengths that, that I think I mentioned already that you've you've had. Uh, grateful for people that are in your life. You may not be able to see them at the moment, but you're grateful that they're there. And even with our children, by by showing them that we're expressing gratitude towards something, it could be a neighbor that said hi, you know, from across the street, <laughs> or uh, even the warm sun on a cold winter day. You know, it's it's. If we start implementing that, I, I, I truly believe that we, we model and pass that on to our kids. And then maybe that would be a good first step if we're trying to work on ourselves because it's something that we can be in control yes. of. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. With everything that you mentioned uh, today, is there, uh, I guess, a recommended first step and then second step because a parent might say okay now which what do i do first <laughs> do i do i start waking up early do i start with the gratitude what can i start with um is you know especially if they might feel overwhelmed with everything right now yeah one thing at a time <laughs> <laughs> just look, i i would the basics is where you start am i getting enough sleep am i caring for myself with what i eat and what i drink it's start with that exercise really is important i know it's really hard to get motivated but it doesn't have to be a real massive cardio workout i mean just go for a walk and get some fresh air um yeah it i mean we can't deny the research behind exercise and your mood it's there as much as you know sometimes we wish it wasn't it is so uh, (laughs) yeah one step at a time then you can work on it but i mean i think it is really good to sit down and work out okay now where where are the changes i need Mm. And then start one at a time. Mm-hmm. Just the basics is where you start. I really like that. And I, I guess, let's say one parent is going through this. Um, what can we do as as partners or couples right now during this pandemic? 
is there something that we should be looking out for in our partner? I guess the, the symptoms that you mentioned, but then is there something we can we can do together as partners to one, avoid this happening or help each other? Yeah, absolutely. I think if we are aware um, uh, that this could be happening for each other, so it's, it's checking in, okay, are you all right? Do you need some time? Do you want me to look after the kids for a while and you just have some time out? How mm. about we swap? You know, it's it's you know each other surely, so you should be able to see when things are not going well. Mm. Are their tolerances change? Are they snapping at the kids and saying things that they wouldn't normally do instead of getting angry at them for doing it? Okay, well, what's going on? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> you know, it's the way you just said it. It's the same that we we say to do with kids that are having lots of tantrums, right? Instead of getting angry at them for the tantrums, you step back. That this is an external behavior that's showing mm. something internal. So it's the same thing with yeah. us. <laughs> and it might be easier to get mad at your partner if you see that they're behaving a certain way rather than looking through a lens of compassion and, and curiosity, right? Yeah. And, I, and nobody likes feeling like that, mm. you know. So there's got to be a reason. There's got to be something that we can do to help. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think what you mentioned is important. We, we need to really work together as partners, you know, because... This is hard. You're you're alone. You know you're t you're with your kids all day, and as hard as it might be to be alone with you, to, to say to your partner, you know, step out. You know, I've got this. Even if you're tired, you need to do this and take turns doing that, so that you can have that alone time or a little bit of help at some point. And um, and I guess also I'm thinking of parents who might be single during a pandemic, who are going through all of this, who who might feel well, I can't even get that break. Um, I don't know what I would recommend to them, but that this, this is hard. Look, it really is hard. Um, I think in that situation, that's when you really need to make sure you're doing your self-care and you look at, you know, taking the time for yourself where you can and you might have to schedule it in around the kids. That, that might just be your only option. Mm. Um, if they have grandparents or things like that, I know they can't see them, but maybe grandparents could read them a story over yes, on Zoom, Zoom. or yeah. you know, FaceTime or something like yeah. that. And that would even just give you 10 minutes yeah. of just a break. Mm. Um, it is really helpful. So mum can have a shower. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that you a luxury know? sometimes? <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> oh, it really is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I would hear of my friends talking about that. And then after I had my first, I realized, okay. And also I'd love to know what's happening inside a newborn's brain when we jump into the shower, because there's, there's some connection. There's some yep. sort of sense. I, water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, they need to start doing research on that. <laughs> and then we'd have like this little machine that has a fake shower sounds. And, <laughs> and then, you know, to, <laughs> to pretend when the show, isn't that we, yeah, there, there's the product there's there's the money <laughs> thank you so much for your advice today on, on on and your information on burnout um i i think to close off i know i i mentioned diagnosis and treatment and we spoke about um you know things that we can do on our own just to close up i if a parent says i i don't think i could do this or it's much worse than i thought should they speak to their i guess to a psychologist and and get evaluated yeah, absolutely. Or even just go to their doctor to start with if they, you know, if they don't have a psychologist yeah. or somebody to see. So um, just seeing their doctor and getting a referral if they need to. Mm. It's a very good start. Yeah. And like you said, I, I think you mentioned, we know, we know when something is off, we know when something is, is, is not right. And, you know, as, as long as I guess if you if you're listening and you feel that 
you do meet all these symptoms to start on your self-care immediately <laughs> start something you know draw that bucket and figure out what will would help you um but if it's not working you know there might be something more or you might need extra help so i i think it's really important that they that they're aware of that too yeah, yeah. absolutely thank you bye as i promised there's a study that i'd like to review for you this study is in the journal of child family studies even if i try i don't think i could say the name of the authors <laughs> but I'll try. Mikula Jack. But you can get the link to this article on my website if you click on curiousneuron.com and select episode 23 in the podcast. The reason why I thought this would be an interesting study to summarize for you today is because they studied the relationship between parental burnout and 38 factors that they were able to put into five different categories. And they looked at this in over 1,700 parents. They measured parental burnout using the parental burnout inventory, and then they looked at five different factors, including socio-demographic factors, the particularities of the child, so some of their behavioral issues, perhaps, um, stable traits of the parent, and that included attachment, trait emotional intelligence, and the big five personality traits. The fourth factor they looked at was parental factors, meaning self-efficacy. So this is your belief in yourself and how well you're doing. And um, parents would have to answer questions such as, I can calm my child down. And they would rate that on a scale of one to five. Perceived role restriction. These were items that questioned whether or not a parent felt that certain things they used to do before having kids was restricted because of their kids. And then they looked at child-rearing practices is also part of this factor, this parental factor. And that's just, you know, how do you discipline? How do you, um, what sort of style do you use in your parenting? And then the last big factor that they looked at was family functioning. Um, and that includes marital satisfaction, co-parenting perception, and family disorganization. They looked into a lot of data. They hypothesized that the first two being sociodemographic factors and a child's particularities, including their behavior, they assumed that that would have a really big impact on parental burnout. And secondly, your current income. So if you're in a certain demographic, then um, they assume that this would also increase the stress levels that a parent is facing. Now, here's the interesting part of the study. They were wrong, very wrong. In fact, out of the five factors that they looked at, three popped up uh, as being more likely to increase the risk of burnout in parents. And it wasn't those two. It was the other three. So it was stable traits of parents, parental factors, and family functioning factors. And the author said that this was a good thing because as a psychologist reading this paper, this means that you have lots of room to work with a parent in order either to minimize the risk of parental burnout or if somebody is in burnout, then you can work on these factors with them. So let's just look back to see what those factors are. And because maybe if you're listening, you could work on these or at least with your understanding of them. Um, this is something that can help with your conversation if you need to speak to a doctor. But at least if you're aware of these factors, then perhaps this could start the conversation you might want to have with your doctor. Or this might start something within yourself as well, where you can possibly try to work on these factors if you can. But like we said in the interview, sometimes the amount of stress that we experience is far greater than what we could handle and that's okay I want you to know that it is okay 
I myself have seen a therapist and there's nothing wrong with that. There are moments in my life where I'm overwhelmed by everything going on. And even if I understand how the brain functions, I am a neuroscientist. I am not a psychologist. I'm trained very differently than a psychologist. So I need the help of a psychologist. And even psychologists will go see psychologists. And in my opinion, this should be sort of a routine for all of us to check in with ourselves and to get the help from these specialists to center back and come back to a state where we can be in equilibrium. And that touches back on the conversation that I had with Dr. Anne Louise Lockhart in episode 22. We want to try to be in equilibrium. I often tell parents that if we want to work on our child's behavior, everything is going to trickle down. So we need to work on ourselves first. Anything from the past, whether it's how we were parenting or any trauma that we experienced or any issues that we have to work on, we need to work on that first. Then it trickles down to our relationship. If our relationship is struggling, that's going to all trickle down to our kids. And I think that this study kind of highlights that. And it's something that if need be, we need to work on with our spouse. What all of this tells us really is that we have a lot on our plate. (laughs) That's the first thing I think that it tells us. But also that there are lots of ways that we can work on ourselves, work on our marriage, work on our home, work on our parenting. I know that it's a lot of work, (laughs) but in the end, it is a way, it is showing us hope because it means that there are little things that we can do to make a big difference in our everyday stresses. I hope that this episode was valuable to you and that you were able to learn something um, or even if you gained insight to what burnout is and now you know that you have to speak to someone, that's okay too. With Curious Neuron, we have a weekly parenting support group on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can join us by visiting CuriousNeuron.com and clicking support group up at the top. If you can't join us at that time, we also have a membership. And lastly, you can join us on Instagram with the handle curious underscore neuron to learn from our weekly posts. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to swipe into the main page for this podcast and rate it on five stars and leave a review. That'll help me know if you're enjoying it or not. And if you have a question for me, please feel free to email me at info at curiousneuron.com. Thanks for listening. And remember to please nurture yourself, your child and each other. Bye.